Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Well, just as you make your way back in this morning... Uh, having ice cream at the coffee break proves to take a little longer than we thought. So we'll have to rejig that one a little bit. Um, we're just kind of into our third week into doing the third service and trying to like get the details kind of sorted out. And that's been a good journey. So thank you to you guys for coming. Uh, I know it's probably maybe not the most ideal time at the 1130, but thanks for being a part of us this way. It gives us room to keep on growing at community. And so I just want to say a huge thank you Uh, to kind of coming out and being a part of this specific session. We value that you're doing that. Um, We started a series a few weeks ago called Dear Me, Letters to Your Younger Self. And the course of the series is really this. It it was fueled by uh, a funeral, which is kind of an awkward thing, but a funeral that I did in the winter last winter. And in doing this funeral, there was a gentleman who in his latter years, he was an elderly man, had written, I would like to say it's like memoirs kind of thing, but he did it in the form of a letter to his younger self. And so he wrote these letters to his 20-year-old self, and, and in those letters it was like, hey, put strong emphasis on this area and, and maybe forget about this. And I just thought it was so cool. And at his funeral they photocopied them and handed them out to all the grandkids, and it was such a neat thing as, as there's just wisdom gleaned over the years. The book of Ephesians says this, that to not live as as fools, but instead to walk with the wisdom because the days are numbered that we have. So how do we walk with wisdom over our lives and not live uh, kind of foolishly onto the things of this world? So as I was chatting with a number of um, our more senior folk about, you know, what would you tell your younger self? It was amazing uh, just in my straw poll of 60 or 70 uh, people how many similarities there were in the message to the younger self. So I thought, here's this series we'll do about kind of wisdom to our younger self. And um, we started this idea with invest in relationships. Almost every single person said, number one, you know, if you had to say to your younger self, invest more in relationships. We talked about worry and worry less, about how many times we can get caught up in knots, things we worry about that in the grand scheme of things, we didn't really need to waste a lot of time worrying about. We talked about living with contentment and, and how so many times in our lives, it's easy to become discontent and always chasing the next thing when rather than valuing the one thing that we have right now. We looked in uh, last week, uh, we talked about not caring what other people think and actually living our lives based on what God thinks about us, not what other people think about us, and the freedom to just be who God's called us to be. And then this week, I want to just continue on, and we're almost done this series, and just look at this idea in our lives, uh, just how are we wired and are we maximizing the gifting God's calling over our lives? Dear me, my younger self, if I had to have a message, would say, major on those areas of your life where you're gifted, where, you, where, where God's actually given you gifting over your life, where you can utilize for his purposes, for his will, uh, major on some of those areas. Now, before we get into it, we always get you talking a little bit, and we'll do so kind of quickly this morning, but um, I'm going to come around. How many people have ever done a personality test before? 
And so uh, Grace and Scott are going to come around with some little sheets. And here's what it's going to do. We try to do on Thursday night church. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we do the same th service on Thursday night as we do on Sunday. But on Thursday night, we tried this. We actually tried to do a personality quiz with everybody. It was a total fail. Everyone was like, oh, these questions are so... And so we decided, you guys know yourself well enough. Here's what we'll do. We're just going to have you just with the around. You kind of read over. And there's four areas. And it's kind of... And there's so many different personality tests you can use. And so many of you have maybe done these before. But... Um, what would you consider uh, as who you are? If you had to kind of qualify yourself, are you like a retriever? Are you like an otter? Are you like a beaver? Are you like a lion? And so are you uh, extroverted or introverted? Are you a detail person? Are you uh, like the faithful to stay with someone? Or are you the onto the next thing kind of person? Uh, talk about what you're, and obviously we're not just one or the other, but which one of these would you major in more than the rest of them? Talk with the people beside you or around you. Go ahead. How are you wired? Talking about it I, with those around you, you know, kind of figuring out um, personality-wise who you maybe are or aren't when it comes to these things. It was interesting. Carl and I, we've done a bunch of these uh, different things for different leadership teams that we've been a part of, and there's all sorts of them. Myers-Briggs you maybe have done. or This one is actually, it's a really simple one. You can go home and Google it. It's like a Gary Smalley one. And it's like literally 15 or 20 questions. And it's just a, a preliminary. Uh, we did one a few years ago. and It was called the Berkman study, which is kind of, you know, the, the on steroids version of personality testing. And it's, it's like a ton of questions, like 250 questions about you. And and as we were walking through it uh, with the person who was doing it, and he works uh, with churches and with Christian people all the time around, you know, walking through some of these. And, and so he said to Carl and I, he said, wow, in all my days, he said, I've never seen anybody so opposite when it comes to how they're gifted. Like, it's like you are on, like, other ends of the spectrum. And he said, that's going to be so great. Um, in some ways, and challenging in others. It'll probably make for some fights. And I was like, fights? Why, why would anyone ever want to fight with me? And Carla was like, amen. And no, she wasn't at all. And then on other sides of it, he said, you'll actually really complete one another, and, and you'll round one another out really well in your relationship. And that's kind of a neat thing, right? Interestingly enough, when he was doing it, he also said, you know, when I do these studies, he said pastors, he said like 80 to 90% of pastors would, would be in this one category. And then he said, and you're over here. And I was like, what? And it started to mess with me a little bit for a while because I was like, he said, if I was a guidance counselor, I'd tell you not to be a pastor. And I was like, whoa. And, and as I started to walk through that a little bit more, but then I began to look at what I do and kind of my role pastoring is sometimes a little different than, than some and, and the entrepreneurial gifts on my life and some of the things. And it was like, it seemed to fit, you know what I mean? Maximizing how you're wired. You know, we've all met those who are maybe wired different than us. You've maybe met those in your life who have extreme gifting in their life, but yet it seems like those giftings go to waste. They, they were talking this week on some sports uh, stations about it was the anniversary of a, 
a guy by the name of Ricky Williams. If you're an NFL fan, you might remember his name. Ricky Williams was one of like the all-star, all-star running backs a few years ago. And he was like Hall of Fame bound. He was incredible. He was a beast on the field. But he got caught for substance abuse violations. And, and it turns out that he wasn't taking steroids. It was that he was, he was smoking weed. And he'd smoking uh, pot and, and it had violated the substance abuse policy. And, and they said, well, are you going to stop? And he said, actually, no. He said, I just like it too much. And I don't, I'd rather do that than football. I don't really care to play football, he said. And they said that he walked away from, it was, it was over $30 million worth of endorsements. It actually, some would say even almost closer to $50 million worth of salary and endorsements by the time it was all said and done. And it was like, wow. He ended up coming to play in the CFL because CFL, we don't care up here. It's like, come on in, you know what I mean? No big deal. We're not going to test you for that. We'll side look at that. And, and so he was playing in CFL, and there were, you know, this commentary of, like, such talent, such ability, but squandered. You know, I've met people in life and in ministry in the same kind of way that a friend of ours we grew up with, and he was, like, gifted communicator, just a real charismatic personality, just an amazing guy. He wanted to go into ministry and had a heart for ministry. And then he got this job and he was working at a job and so he bought a car. And probably, uh, you know, we were like teenagers and we were thought, oh, this is amazing. He's got a new car and like everyone else was driving junk at the time. And it was like, and he got under this. And then he said, I couldn't afford to go to school because he had to make the payments. And then, you know, a year goes by and he was going to go and then he never did. And and then he, you know, gets into a lifestyle and, and where the weight of things, and I remember meeting with him like a year and change ago, and he said, Jay, he said, you know, I'm in this spot where I don't use my giftings at all. He's doing a factory job, and there's nothing wrong with that, but he was totally not gifted towards that end. And he's like, I find myself in this role, and, and I never thought I would be here, but now I end up here, and it feels like I've squandered my giftings, and it feels like I've squandered my life in some ways, and... What a tragic story. Dear me, dear younger self, what would you tell yourself when it comes to your giftings over your life? This morning, I want to look at a passage of Scripture, very different than how we normally look at Scripture this morning, but, but I'm going to give you a huge overview. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Judges. And we read about a guy that you might know or heard his name, and it's a tragic story of, of gifting and talent wasted. And so it's a guy by the name of Samson. And Samson, uh, just to give you some context of what's going on, the people of Israel, they get caught in this loop oftentimes of they, they seek the Lord and, and God blesses them and, and God redeems them. And then in that blessing, they fail to seek God more. They begin to think it was their own and they go off, off the rails a little bit and run after their own things. And then with that comes judgment and challenge and they leave God out of things and then comes disparity and then they kind of turn back to God again. And they, they, you see this loop and this loop is continual uh, through these people of Israel. And so we're in this cycle of the loop right now where for 40 years they have, they have failed to call on the name of the Lord and they're just turning to God. 40 years, the Philistine people, a neighboring, warring uh, people that want nothing more than the destruction of the people of Israel for 40 years have been dominating and bringing destruction to the people of Israel. 
the Lord calls on um, this lady who was barren at the time and, and says, you're going to have a son and, and Samson. And, and she's, uh, some unique things around Samson's life. says that he's going to have this Nazarite vow. And right even from the time of conception, I want him to live with that. Now, the Nazarite vow, uh, Numbers chapter 6 will tell you a little bit about it. But there's kind of three main areas of it. Uh, number one, they didn't have alcohol at all in their system, like no fermented thing. Number two, they didn't touch anything unclean, so any dead animal or anything like that. That wasn't the, for them. And number three, they weren't to cut their hair. Now, there's lots of uh, even religious groups today that, you know, they, they would take that as a vow and not cut their hair. You've seen people with turbans that, that, that don't do that even today. Now, a Nazarite vow back then was oftentimes a vow that someone would take for a week, a month, even a few years over the life, very rarely, almost never, would it be a lifetime thing. And the Lord spoke to him, and it's not like these things were wrong to do these things, but he said, over your life, this is, I want you to be set apart. You know how we, we dedicated young Leah this morning and said, okay, we want to dedicate her and set her apart for God's blessing and goodness. They were setting him apart by, and this was an outward sign of it. Well, God gifted him with this amazing gift it said that he had brute strength, that this guy was jacked. He was huge. Now, just to give you a picture of what he looked like, <laughs> that's it right there. He was like, he was a beast. He was mammoth. Okay, not at all like that. Just think of that, but opposite. And this guy was huge and strong and powerful, and, and God had blessed him in this way, but but it's amazing how even in the most blessed, like he was stronger than anybody in the nation and a warrior beyond compare, how we oftentimes look for what we don't have. The first scene we see of this is um, there was a, a, a neighboring kind of uh, lady and uh, lady from this city called Tamana. And he, they, he went after this lady and everyone said, don't go, don't go, don't go. And so much so that on his way there, a lion came out and attacked. And if you're looking for a sign, if a lion tries to attack you on your way to go visit a girlfriend, run. Just run. But he, attack, he takes the lion out, rips it apart, and kills it with his bare hands and, and still goes forward. Then he goes to have this wedding ceremony. So he doesn't even consummate his marriage. just has this party. And he drinks so much for the whole week. He doesn't even consummate his marriage. And on his way back through this lion has uh, the, the dead carcass, this is kind of gross, bees made a nest in it, and he pulls the honey out. And then, remember, he's supposed to be made for power. And he comes and he thinks he's going to be all Mr. Smarty Pants, and he starts giving these riddles to those around. He says, you can't solve the riddles. I want to assert that I'm actually smarter than you. And it comes back to him, and it actually costs him. Later, he comes and he, he messes around with, a, and women again in his world is a, is a downfall for him, and, and his relationships are toxic, and, and, he, and, he, and he gets this prostitute in Gaza. Like, this is some messed up stuff. Once again, the Philistines are upon him, and he's in a gated city, and he said, you know what? I'm smarter than you, and he goes to Hebron. He said, you guys can't attack me there because it's up on the hill, and sure enough, they do. Once again, he's caught into it. 
Third time, he comes to this lady by the name of Delilah. You've probably heard of Samson and Delilah. And so he comes and she's trying to tempt him. And she's seven times she comes to him and says, what's the, what's the, the power? What, what's your strength? Now, the only thing, he'd given up the alcohol. He'd given up the touching of unclean animals. The only thing he hadn't given up is his hair. The last straw kind of uh, over the things that he was supposed to be set apart in. And yet, he finally gives that up too. And after he'd given up the third thing to Delilah, in this sad story, in Judges 16, verse 20, it says, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he woke from his sleep and thought, I'll just go out as I did before. How many times do we say, life will just continue. I'll just keep on living this way and no consequence. And then one of the sad verses of Scripture, but he didn't know that God's spirit had departed. He didn't know God's anointing had departed. And I want to challenge you today. Hmm. Sometimes we've just sat on our gifts for so long. And there's a moment when you go to then use them and it's like, where, where did life go? How did I end up here? How did I end up in this position? How did I end up? I didn't even realize it slipped away. I didn't even realize what went on. How are you wired? Are you using it for God's glory and for God's purpose? How are you wired in this world today? Look at the book of Romans. Listen to what it says. It says over our lives, it says, who are we to question God? Do you think for one moment that any one of us uh, knows enough to call God into question? Clay doesn't talk back to the fingers that mold it and say, why did you shape me like this? Isn't it obvious the potter has his perfect right to shape one lump of clay into a vase for holding flowers and another into a pot for cooking beans? In other words, in our lives, that God can shape us as he wills. That we look to him, and I love this picture of a potter shaping clay like over God. That's so cool. Now, some of you are like a vase. Some of you are like a pot. I won't look at anyone in specifically. But the idea is, it's not so much how he's made you. It's how are you living out your purpose in other words? Are you living out what he's called you to do? Are you living out the God-given purposes over your life? First Peter 4.10 says, Each one of you should use whatever gift that you've received how? To look awesome and to show off to everybody and tell everybody how awesome you are? No, it doesn't say that. It says, use whatever gifts you've received to serve others and faithfully stewards of God's grace. I like that idea, that his gift over your life is actually his grace over your life. To steward faithfully the grace that God has bestowed. Romans 12, 6 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. And if someone's gift is prophecy, it goes on to list a number of gifts. But I want to just get the starting point of this. It says, Let him use that to the proportion of his faith. In other words, whatever gift you've been given over your life, you're to use that to pr the proportion of your faith. In other words, you're to maximize the use of that gift in your life. You're to say, okay, God, how have you gifted me? And let me use that with all the faith in my life, trusting you. Paul writes to his young protege, Timothy, and he writes two letters to Timothy in his first letter to young Timothy as he kind of mentors him. And he says, Timothy, don't neglect the gift that was given to you. 
which was given to you in, in a moment of prophecy as when the council of elders laid their hand. In other words, other people recognized, other people prayed into the gift, just as we even spoke over Leah this morning. Speak blessing. Don't neglect this gift, Timothy, that was given to you. He goes on to say in the second book to Timothy, in his second letter, and he says to Timothy, Timothy, I remind you to fan into flame the gift which was given to you. Some of you, the gift over your life, the God-given, God has shaped you and he's wired you for things and maybe you've forgotten it. You know when you get a campfire in the summer and it's just about out and the embers are just kind of glowing a little bit and then you get down real low to the fire and you kind of... And as you begin to breathe in, all of a sudden it'll start to light back up. Occasionally you might get like a piece of cardboard and start, you know, shake it. If you're like me, you and you get that fire and all of a sudden, whoosh. Some of you, the gift of God over your life has become like those embers. It's almost out. Maybe it's a dream that you had as a teenager, as a young person, and it's just kind of, it sat there. And this morning, I believe God just wants to breathe in again. How do you maximize the God-given gift over your life? How do you maximize how he's wired you for his purposes? I want to give you four things real quick this morning if we're going to maximize the God-given gift over our lives. Number one is ask yourselves, are we good at it? In other words, what has God shaped us for? What's that gift over our lives? What is the thing that God has actually wired you for in your life? As we read in 1 Peter, it says that God actually has gifted each and every one of us. There's not one person that God hasn't given a special gift to you over their life. And starting to understand that. Samson is a story of a guy who was incredibly gifted, but he constantly looked for the things that he didn't have. And I've met so many people that look at the areas of their life where they're not gifted, and it negates them from living out the gifted areas of their life. And if you ask them, they say, well, I'm not good at this, and I'm not good at that, and I'm not good at this. And it holds them back, actually, from the areas where God has gifted them. How's God gifted you? Do you recognize that? I remember when I was first starting out in ministry, and we were at uh, Church in Evangel in Brantford, and, and I was just helping out, and, and uh, the pastor who was wise, I remember he, there was a lady who came in, and I've, I've used this story before. I just thought it's a great story. She's an elderly lady, and, and she said, you know, we were talking about just, you know, using, being good stewards of what God's given to you. She said, you know, I don't really have any real gifts in my life. And she was a behind-the-scenes, quiet lady. She didn't have a lot of financial resource. She just, just, you know, one of those steady Eddie kind of people. And she said, I don't, you know, what can I do? And, and so the pastor wise said, well, what are, what are you good at? What are you, what are you, you know, what, what are you into? What's the things that where God just... And she said, well, you know, like nothing. She said, the only thing that I really love to do and I'm really good at is knitting. And he's like, okay, we'll take that and use it for God's glory. And, and she just took him up on it. And it was amazing. So she started just knitting. And my wife knits now, you know, knitting all the time. And, and, and she started knitting. And so she made, she was really good at slippers. So she started making these slippers. And so then she took them to everybody in the church that was going through hard times she would find out, you know, from the pastor who those are, and she would get these nice little baskets, and she would show up at their house with, like, baskets of knitted slippers. Kind of weird. But people were just blessed by it. 
And then she recognized that. And so we encouraged her in that. And so she started saying, okay, well, how about I do this? And so for every, she started like, she was a knitting machine. And she could whip out a pair of slippers like that. And so she started making these slippers. And, and then for every newcomer to the church, every, every guest that came to the church, she made these pair of slippers and put them in a nice little bag and, and welcomed to the church. And people were like, slipper? Well, how weird is that? But how cool is that? And they were just like blessed. Then a missionary came to the church, and he was doing work in Siberia, like Siberia. And he worked with special needs kids in Siberia, and he was talking about some of the issues that they had, and, and they identified that they needed, like, warm footwear. And so she said, I could make slippers for kids in Siberia. And so she just started, like, knitting machine, started sending them over on her death at her funeral. It was packed full of people. All these people that said, you know what? I got a pair of Grandma Gray slippers and I was so blessed that it made a difference in my world. You know, and for so long she just said, all I'm good at is knitting. See, I believe every gifting when greatly pursued becomes a great gift. That whenever you greatly pursue the God-given gift over your life, it can do so much and can accomplish so much if you just be willing to say, okay, God, wherever you're taking me. You remember that old movie, Chariots of Fire? Dun, 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 dun. You know, just kind of inspirational running guy. Remember the line in it? It's kind of old classic line, but it always gets me. His, word, his line in it, you know, he said, when I run, I feel God smile. What is it in your life that when you do it, you just feel God smile like, I'm in his plan. What are you good at? What's God fashioned you for? I look at this room and I see like some people, you know, when Roger, the foodie over here is making like amazing food creations and it's like, he's just so good at that. If you've never eaten at Roger's house, when he asks you, say yes. It's worth it. But it's like, you just know, like God's smart, like it's like gifting that's there. And it's incredible and it's amazing. When you see people walk in their God-given gifting, it's like, oh, amazing. What are you good at? Number two, is your heart increasing? Samson, for his life, one of the ways and a, a way to tell whether you're walking in the gifting of God over your life is, is to ask yourself, is my heart growing? In other words, is my love increasing towards others? Or is it actually shrinking? Samson's life was one categorized by becoming more insular and, and more narcissistic. It became all about him. And I want to tell you, when God's gifted over your life, the gifting over your life, Scripture says in, in Romans, it says it's for the body of Christ. In other words, it's for those beyond you. If the gifting over your life isn't causing your heart to grow and causing you to love in a greater way, then you're not fully maximizing God's gift over your life. The gift over your life is always to cause your heart to increase. It's always to cause your love to grow more. My wife, Carla, teaches me this. And she's gifted. Like, I look at my wife and I think, oh, my goodness. She's got more gifts on her life than I could ever know what to do with, you know? And when it comes to even things like music, and her words to me are always like, God uses this gift to open a door to love on others. It's just simply a key to be able to love on people in a greater way. And an opportunity came up where 
I, I read about it on the internet and someone told me about it and said, your wife should do this, where she could go and audition to sing and get uh, free Leafs tickets to sing the anthem at the games. And I was like, this is amazing. And I was like, babe, you got to do this because I get free stuff out of it. And, and I was like setting it all up and I was like, this is awesome. I will get free tickets. She's like, Jay, that's not what my gifting's for. No, but free tickets. And she said, it's just simply to open a door to love on people. Are you using your gift? Is it causing your heart to increase? You know you're using your gift well when your heart's growing. Are you good at Is your heart increasing? Number three, is your faith focused? This was a big one here. And see, uh, faith focuses, are you keeping your eyes on Jesus? And, and it's so easy to get distracted and the enemy would want nothing more than to distract you from your mission and call over your life. And here's Samson, and anybody can see from the outside. It's always easier to see in other people than yourself, by the way. And Samson from the outside, everybody around him is like, Samson, steer clear of these ladies in your life. Samson, you're like toxic relationship pursuer. Samson, what are you doing? And he just kept on getting sidetracked. You know, I've met so many people that just keep on getting sidetracked from God's best for their life. They keep on getting sidetracked. Samson, it was the woman from Timoa. It was, it, it was the, the prostitute from Gaza. It, it was Delilah. And constantly shipwrecked because of a lack of focus and dependency on God. A lack of obedience to the call to be faithful to say, God, I keep my eyes on what's, what's important. Some of you, obedience things, lack of focusing on God's plan has shipwrecked you fully utilizing the gifting and talent and ability over your life for his purposes. A few years ago, a friend of mine who's in ministry and just fantastic talent and gifting he was a little younger than I was, and Carlos was friends with his wife. I was friends with him, and we just, it, just huge gifting. And I remember uh, going out with him, and, and, you know, I'd coached him over the years a little bit, and he, you know, he was the guy that just worship gifting, filled, literally fill arenas. He was just, like, incredible and a fantastic communicator and, and just that personality that just, whoosh, just drew people to him. He just loved him ever, and still, he's just a great guy to be around. But I remember talking with him one night. We were actually at, a, at Niagara Falls, and uh, I don't know how many of you know, like, the Flying Saucer restaurant. It's the opposite of a four-star restaurant. It's like this little, like, greasy spoon, and it's open all night long, and it's just, like, the worst restaurant ever. But anyways... Um, we were there in the middle of the night, and we are having saucer fries at like 3 a.m., and I remember chatting with them. And you know how it's easy to see in other people sometimes more than yourself? And I, I was talking to him. I said, dude, like, you are going to get shipwrecked, and it's going to steal away the ability to use these gifts to serve the Lord. And he said, no, no, you don't understand. I am way stronger than that. Samson, he said the same thing. I'm way stronger than that. This isn't going to shipwreck me. No worries. No deal. It was about six months later that I remember being there and 
one of my roles with our Association of Churches. And the day that we had to take his credentials because he'd broken covenant in his life. And I remember sitting there, and it's like a friend. It's not like some outsider. It's a friend. And sitting there and, and, and tears running down his face and, and his wife broken and, and looking at him and it just my heart breaking. And it's not that his call has gone away over his life because God will still use him. But sometimes we shelve ourselves. Sometimes we inactivate where we could be used in a greater way. Sometimes we put a limiting factor on our gifting and call because of our lack of faith focus on him. Be cautious, folks. Be cautious over our lives when it comes to walking in obedience. So, uh, Proverbs 10, 9 says, The man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes crooked paths will be found out. Exodus 9, 16 says this, But I have raised you for this very purpose, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. That God's purposes over your life are great. And he's raised you for a purpose. Who are you to steal away from that by letting the petty and small things of this life steal our focus? What are you good at? What's making your heart increase? What's, is your focus stayed and true on him? And then finally, this morning, it's a question of timing. Is the timing right? Samson had all these moments when he just went after it in his own timing rather than God's timing, and he tried to push the envelope. He's like, oh, I'll take this do uh, jaw of a donkey and, and, and uh, like a bone, and, and just I'll just go at it. I'll go ham and try and take out the whole, and it wasn't his timing. You know, timing is a tricky one to figure out sometimes. Here's the thing. Are you being faithful while you're waiting? So many times God has seasons over people. And the people that are used the greatest in Scripture are usually people that God had a season of refining and waiting. And it's questioning whether you're faithful and still learning in the waiting moments till he release, releases you. The other part of this is that some of you feel like, okay, I've messed up too far and I've, you know, I've wrecked my calling. I've shipwrecked the calling over my life. I love at the end, Samson. between these pillars, and he says, God, one more time. God, one more time, could I feel your anointing on my life? One more time, this gifting that you've put on my life. And God's faithfulness, and it didn't have to end that way, but yet at the same time, God's call, Scripture says this, God's call is irrevocable. Another translation, old King James would say it's without repentance. In other words, God doesn't take his call or his gifting off your life. You can't mess it up too far. Some of you are in this place and maybe you've been sitting on your call for a lot of years. Maybe you've got distracted and you've Maybe you've been using your gifting over your life for your own promotion rather than to, to, to bless and to serve. Maybe, just maybe, you've just, you, you haven't even figured it out because you've just been so, so caught in life and it's going by that you haven't been able to kind of dial in 
to what the God-given gifting over your life is this morning. Would you take a moment? This morning, would you say, okay, God, what do you have for my life? God, help me to, however you've wired me, God, however you've kind of set me in motion, God, help me to live that out. My wife Carla was driving last week and she saw an eagle, which is kind of cool. And I remember back this uh, spring, we were at the African Lion Safari and we had a thing for our Chamber of Commerce. It was like the big gala night and and they have some different animals. And one of the animals that they had there, and it was caged because it had had difficulty, but... It was this eagle. And I remember coming in, you know, when you see an eagle fly in the air and just, whoa, it's amazing. But there's something about seeing an eagle in a cage that's like a six-by-six six cage, and you're like, oh, you're not meant for that. You're not meant to be in this. And I would say over your life, folks, some of you have been living in the cage the enemy's put. And he would want to say, it's time that you begin to soar. It's been time to begin to, to operate in what you've been fashioned for. Let's pray this morning. Mighty God, we just uh, say thank you for your gifting in our lives, Lord. I look at this crowd and you have gifted and you have, you have formed for great purposes each and every one that's here and God, this morning, we pray today that we would begin to walk in the fullness of the gifting which you've given over our lives. Lord, we pray today, God, that you would help us to uh, begin to just walk in your best purposes over us. Just with heads bowed and eyes closed, just to give privacy. If you're in this house and you say, Jay, I, I don't even know what you're talking about when it comes to gift. I don't, I don't know the gifting over my life. I, don't, I, don't, I can't see it. If that's you in this place, just kind of look up and say, would you be praying for me, Jay? Yeah. I see some of these. And maybe you're in this place and you say, okay, Jay, I, I get my gifting, but I just, I've been sitting on it or I've been squandering it and I just haven't been maximizing the God-given gifting and call over my life. And if that's you in the place today and you'd say, Jay, would you just pray that I, this week I'd be able to begin to just somehow live that out in a greater way? just with heads bowed and eyes closed, just kind of look up and say, yeah, yeah, Lord, you see these ones this morning. God, help us to live that out to the fullest this week. Lord, help us to begin to just get a hold of how you've wired us for your greater purposes. In your name, amen. Sorry, I've gone a little long this morning, but just before you go, is a little bit of homework for you this week. So it's a little pen, my daughter Grace did such a good job making these last night and helping me out. And Caleb, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this little pen with some wiring on it. And I want you to write a little note to yourself this week about how you're wired. And then to begin to pray and say, God, help me to use how you've wired me. If you're having trouble seeing how you're wired, maybe you just need to chat with somebody and say, how do you see how I'm wired? You know, it's so much easier sometimes for others to see it in us than us to see it in ourselves. And just begin to pray that through this week and, and, and kind of write that down. Just before we go this morning, though, uh, we're going to conclude, and I apologize we're a little late, but as we go this morning, if you'd like prayer, maybe you're working through some of this, we would love to pray with you today. So some of our leaders, we're going to be across the front. 
Thanks for being with us. But if you'd like prayer today and you'd say, yeah, I just want to live that call out to the fullest and, and we'd love to pray with you today. We're going to be across the front. Go in God's grace and his peace. May you walk in the giftedness and call that lives in your life that he's plan would be made evident through you this week. In his name, amen. If you'd like prayer, we're across the front. Be blessed as you go today. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca.